All right. So, well, so I wanted to start no no art basil for you. Uh, that's so funny you said that. I literally posted on Instagram yesterday. I've gotten more texts. Last year I went and I worked it and had three events total. Um, and it was like the most stressful week of my life. Really? Well, so what happened was I, I represent this artist named Marcus Klinko. He shot all, I mean, everyone's album covers from Bowie to Beyonce to Jay-Z to Kanye. I mean, if you wow. name someone like- How old is he? He's pro- probably in his early 50s. Okay. But he, he looks great. So he could be 40, could be- <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's older than 50, but like he looks like he's a young 40s. He's like very fit, tall Swiss guy. But he, uh, we did three shows in Miami last year. One was at- uh, the actual like art Miami art fair, which apparently no one goes to anymore. It's like Basil is not about art yeah, at all. That's yeah. what I heard, right? Which is why I'm it's, not it's going. It's now this a year. scene. But, it's no art. I mean, there were definitely people there, but it was like it was all this stress. We 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 got the champagne room, which is like this big little this big little area inside. It's bigger than all the other booths, but it's pretty small. And uh, and that was the first one. And then the second one, I produced like this private show at someone's residence like right on the water he pulled up at a boat it's crazy house but it was just like i had to load in 60 like 60 pound prints the day of in the morning with like no i don't know anyone in miami really so i like i was calling tow truck companies to like because my car broke down and then the movers didn't it was just a shit show and then the final step was uh i had this party at cipriani and Somehow my number got like sent out as like the person to text or call to get on the list. <laughs> and like one of my friends like, yo, you're about to have the biggest party in Miami last tonight. And I'm like, that's weird. Like I, did, I barely even knew I was throwing a party. I was like, oh, it's a restaurant, whatever. So they have a club called Socialista. There's one in New York. And all of a sudden I'm getting like all these calls like, hey, uh, Jeffrey sent, uh, sent me your number. Like, can I get on the list? I'm like, I don't know who Jeffrey is. Like, no. <laughs> and, then, and then it got to the point where by the end of the night, I couldn't use my phone. Oh, no. It was ringing every five seconds. Like I, I would try and some, send someone a text and it would come up. Uh, and I put on do not disturb and it would like people would call multiple times. It was the scariest. Like I, I could, I got to the event. I couldn't even get it myself for like a good thirty wow. minutes. And I'm like, I kind of paid. I'm the, the guy. I'm yeah, the guy. They didn't, they're like, you're not the guy. <laughs> you're definitely not the guy. I'm like, <laughs> was it beneficial to get that? No. To get that hype. <laughs> no, wanted- it was. No, I'm playing. It was. It was. It's just you know, with art, it's it's different from other businesses because there is this like respect level within the community that isn't mm-hmm. bought by like parties or like marketing or it's more uh organic and that's something that attracted me about um art in general but like the party was fun for everyone there for me i was just like yeah like it's a bunch of people getting drunk um cool celebrities like yeah that's cool to associate with your brand but like if no one's buying the art it doesn't really matter you're just throwing a party yeah um and that's sort of what i looked at this year it's like our basil's fun i would go as a as a goer yeah uh but not a shower yeah and originally art basil was supposed to be for artists to i mean listen there are definitely people there like i'm sure someone is gonna listen and be like well my great aunt still goes every year it's like yeah people buy art there but there's so many people displaying there's so many artists and there's like half a million people from LA that like can't wait until Coachella to go like I was do drugs say, and party. It, it, it sounds yeah. to me it's like a Coachella or like oh, a, yeah, for art, sure. like a it was like I it was coach kind of thing. Oh for sure. Yeah. It was I would see friends that like couldn't name one of the artists. I want close friends that couldn't name one of the artists that mm-hmm. I work with. 
that were there like, oh, we're going to this art show with, and I'm like, who, like what? Yeah. It's like, we're going to Roddy Rich. It's like, okay, so that's <laughs> what you're doing here. Okay. So what's your, what's your role? Is, uh, is it a gallerist? Is that correct? Yeah, I, you know, like title wise, I have a gallery, uh, externally, it's like a fine art gallery internally. It's more of a management, uh, art dealer type role. Uh, I don't have a brick and mortar space, so I do, I can like, that's why I was able to do Miami. I can do pop-ups and sort of spend my money in ways that like, I'm not stuck to one location, which has its pros and cons. You know, I can't constantly have someone, oh, come check out this piece in person, um, which is why I'm always looking for sort of the next place to display. Um, but yeah, I would say it's a dealer manager. I mean, I, I look at it very uh, organically. Like I like to have a relationship with all my artists, see what they're doing from the ground up, work with them, uh, run like they can run ideas by me on what they're creating. Um, and they're mostly all photographers. So if that's helping them produce a shoot, helping them produce the behind the scenes videos, those are things that I enjoy doing um, and that normal galleries don't mm -hmm. ever. Um, so, yeah. So mostly photographers is who you work with. Yeah, I have like one painter full time okay. that I represent. Um, and then I'm I have a lot of uh, like big name artists that I've gotten on commission from collectors of mine. So. Someone reach out to me. Hey, I really want to buy a Tyler Shields piece uh, and I'll go to their house. Oh, like it would look good here. Or maybe this is all online. We're communicating. But then they say, oh, I have this, you know, this Banksy that I, I really don't. I'd rather have the cash and I would help them sell that piece. So that way oh, I'm wow. able to sort of build this prowess early on of like, yeah, I'm a new gallery, but I've sold Warhols and I've sold Banksy's and, and these names that like. If I if I hadn't played my cards right, I would never have been able to even see in person in a private home, you know? Right. How'd you get into it? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So obviously Tyler is someone who I know through Hannah. Yeah. Who's a very prolific yeah. artist. So how did you get tied to Tyler and how does that relationship work now? Yeah. So I, I guess it has to like, I have to start super early before like, you know, most professional careers start. I started acting when I was four. Uh, I grew up in LA, grew up in Hollywood. Um, like quite literally, I grew up under the Hollywood sign, like not even stereotypical, like <laughs> imaginary, uh, uh, like early age, early, early life. Um, I started acting when I was four. I was doing commercials, random stuff. When I was around seven, I booked my first feature um, or like first big feature, which is a movie called Bedtime Stories. And Bedtime Stories was like a big, like they did, you know, press junkets, they sent me here and they sent me there and I was traveling around the world. And during that time, like whenever I'd be home, there was this new neighbor, like my neighbor, like my street was very boring. There were no kids, like no one was interesting to me. Um, and there was this new neighbor that was like just wild. Like <laughs> I would be, I had binoculars and I, I would sit in my room and I, I would spy on, like there would be people jumping off the roof on rollerblades. <laughs> How old are you They're, doing this? Six, seven. Like I, I was like, who is, I would hear gunshots. There'd be like, Lindsay Lohan would be tripping out of the house. Wow. Like it was just like a, a, a world that I had seen in film, like, but I didn't think was real, you know? Mm. And so I was like, I got to be friends with this dude, like whoever this guy is. So I went to uh, like my local store, like market, and I stole one of those like Christmas like baskets with like wine and chocolate and nuts. Just grab it and, <laughs> and ran for the hills? Yeah. I didn't even run. Like it was like, I, it was a very small street. Like I probably walked out and they were like, oh, that's weird that he took that. But like, I'll just tell his parents to pay for it. 
And so I walked up the hill and he literally lived across the street. So I knocked on his door, opened it. And this guy, Tyler Shields, is there and he was in the middle of a shoot. And I was like, hey, like, I'm your neighbor. Want to be friends? <laughs> and he was he kind of like looked around. He's like, is this a, my own punk? <laughs> How old was he at the time? He was in his early 20s. Like okay. he was, uh, you know, I mean, he probably was probably was like close to my age now, maybe a little older because um, he had this house and all this stuff. He's but. waiting for Chris Hansen to pop out of the bushes. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And he was like, sure. And I was like, all right, cool. I could just walk in his house. I was a weird kid. So six years old, you just walk in his house. I was, just, I was probably seven at this point. But yeah, and, and then and then like he started to, you know, my parents were obviously across the street and uh, he would, you know, he was like, what's the deal? And I was like, oh, I'm an actor. And so it got to the point where I would just show up at his house. Like, no one ringing the doorbell. He had a trampoline. So I would just walk in the back. And just, he would come home, I'd be jumping on his trampoline. And so, like, I'd be jumping, and I could see in his window what he was shooting. So I'd be jumping, and, like, he'd be shooting some crazy, like, you know, superstar, like, half naked or whatever. And they'd be like, do you have a son? And be like, no. Like, what do you mean? And then you'd see me, like, head through the window. Every three seconds, yeah. Um, but he just became, like, a mentor and a friend to me. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I have an older sister, but never really had, like, an, I didn't have an older brother. He was kind of like that person, you know, he was the daredevil, was jumping off the roof, and, like, I broke a lot of bones growing up, so my parents were like, you can't do anything. Of course, I broke my ankle on, at his house, so like that was like the, the perfect end to that, that daredevil story. But uh, he became you know, like family, um, and that relationship has lasted till now. Uh, at some point when I was probably uh, 14, I was like, I want to be a photographer. Like That seems so cool. I was like, who do I know that knows photography better than anyone? I reached out to him. He had moved back into the neighborhood, and so I would I would like skateboard down to his house every day and just help him like whatever he needed. And I think because I grew up in film and because he, you know, needed someone that understood things without having to ask for it, because, you know, he's shooting things that are very much like you have we have one take to get this a plane's flying over and there's one frame. It's like he doesn't he can't work with someone that's like, well, what do I do if it's like. He needs someone that knows it. And I and I kind of did from just growing. It was part of my blood. Like, I grew up in it. Um, and so he just started leading on me for things that, you know, he probably shouldn't have considering my age. And I picked up on them really quick and then sort of developed into working with uh, galleries and helping him plan shows. And then uh, we did a show. Uh, he did a show in Mexico City. And then I got introduced to the Helmut Newton Foundation through that. And those were like my first, I mean, two of the biggest photographers potentially of all time. Um, Helmut Newton definitely and Tyler being the probably the biggest living photographer. Um, those are my first two artists. Like I was just selling them to people that I knew. Like it wasn't like, oh, I have a gallery. I'm an art dealer. It was like one day I was like, yo, if I sold one of these pieces to one of like one of my friends from acting, this kid's like stupid rich. He's probably 15, 16, but like he has a house and like wants some art. Like, can he buy something? He's like, yeah, I'll pay you. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Sounds pretty dope. And then that was it. That's how I got started. It was that to the next to the next. And then now I have, I think it's six full-time uh, photographers that I represent. Um, it's ever-growing. Um, but because of those two first names, I was able to sign artists that are more emerging and bring like attention to them. So someone goes... Oh, like I'd love a helmet nude. And they look it up. They're like, oh, you know, I don't really have a couple hundred grand to just throw around. But <laughs> this artist that's selling his work for $5,000 that's cool and young and different, like 
that sounds awesome. I'll get that instead. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to not only, uh, you know, support these artists that I like Tyler that I care about, but also uh, bring up artists that are just, you know, struggling to get by, uh, let alone like sell out, uh, you know, a series. But that's the, the super long story short. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible. incredible. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so so what does it look like? So say you say $100,000 for a piece of yeah. high-end art, right? Yeah. How often do the pieces like that move? So not, th- I mean, not that often. Like if monthly, I, I, yearly? No, I mean, a $100,000 piece. That's like, for me, where I am right now, like, I, in photography especially, like, there's not that many pieces that are priced at that period. Like, that's, photography compared to, you know, painters, uh, painting, traditional painting, um, that painting's always going to sell for more um, because people can wrap their head around the pricing better. They're like, there's one of these. Uh, with photography, there's often a couple editions, three editions, five editions, 10, 20, 50, whatever it is, uh, up to, you know, hundreds, thousands sometimes. Um, it's harder for people to wrap their head around, so they're not comfortable. I think the Mac, like the most expensive photo ever sold is a couple million, 4.5, something around 5 million, while the most expensive painting is <laughs> yeah. significantly more than that. But, you know, I'd say for the most part, like if I get a couple sales over 10 grand a month, like that's, I'm, I'm satisfied because nice. I'm getting my artists, you know, money for rent, money to continue to create work. Um, if I get a $50,000 sale, that's like, that's huge to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not like, I'm not going around spending 50 a night, uh, <laughs> or anything like that, but, uh, the hundred dollars, hundred thousand dollar sales I get from people like Banksy and I get from people like Warhol and then some of Tyler's pieces at auction and Marcus Klinko. Those are the only people that I represent or that I've sold that are selling in that bright, that bracket, but that takes 20 years to yeah, get there. That's sick. Um, did, um, did the Tyler piece with uh, Kathy Griffin, did that ever sell for anything? You know, that's a good question. I don't... I know there was a lot of controversy. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, that shit was Did crazy. it ever actually Oh, yeah. No, sell. Secret Service pulled up at the house. Like, I'm talking about closed off the whole block, helicopters, like, took 30 what, what, cars. What was the timeline of all that? Well... Like, were the, you involved in it? Uh, Not that shoot particularly, but I was very... I mean, I was at the house, like, probably the next day. Like, the, the neighborhood kids thought that he was, like... Like either like a serial killer or like a like really? a like a CIA because there was always shit going on. You know, one day there's a lion walking into his backyard. They're like, "What is going on <laughs> at this house?" When I was neighbors <laughs> with him, it wasn't that crazy. It was more just like the people that were coming in and out. Um, and then in the past couple of years, it's been like he pulls up with a Ferrari one day, and then it's on fire. And then there's a lion in the backyard, and then the lion's gone. And and so I wasn't <laughs> there for the insane. Kathy Griffith thing, but like. Dude, like he, that was not like a, you know, simple aftermath. They really took that seriously. But Tyler comes from military. So he was like prepared for like his family's military. So he, he could like, he could sit there, they can interrogate him for 30 days and he'd be like, can I go now? But now the shoot had to be, so when they actually shot it versus when it actually came out, had to be, there had to be a gap. in. Yeah, in no. Now. So I, I, I believe that it was, it was the shoot. She ha- it was her idea, okay. and he's he's such like a person for shock, but like he loves it. He was like, yeah, I'll shoot any. He'll shoot anything. Right. So she was like, yo, I have this whatever I want to shoot, and, this- and he was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Here's the photo, and then I think she was like in the moment was like, this is gonna be dope. Like I'm gonna release this, and then it came out, and then people did not like it, and then he was like, well, I kind of told you not to do that, but whatever. So it was. now the, the term uh, no publicity is bad publicity. Did that and him being so prolific did that oh. help him? Or hurt him? Um, 
No, I think it. I think it helped him. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, here's the thing: if you really look at like his work and you know the specifically the controversial photos, like they're controversial because of people's take on it, not the photo themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, let alone like art is controversial and it's supposed to turn heads and it's supposed to make people look twice. Uh, but his take on thing is more like his photos are more like you, you take a look at this. Tell mm-hmm. me what you think. It's like, it's never really from one perspective. Like he did this one, um, photo of like a bunch of, uh, like chimps or apes, I guess they're apes in like the oval office. He built a full size, like oval office, uh, like the one of the real tables, like the whole thing. And people were freaking out. Oh, like this is Trump. This is Obama. This is all, all of, you know, throwing out these names. He's like, it's not like I didn't say any of that. You yeah. like that's your take on that's it, hundred percent. Like whatever it is, but I didn't say this is. This. By the way, if you're really gonna pick anyone, these suits are from the '60s. The drapes are from the '60s. So it's not Trump and it's not Obama and it's not. You go back, you know, forty years, yeah. fifty years, and it's still not anyone you guys have just said. So, um, you know that that I think is he did it in a very delicate way and has been able to continue working without getting you know the wrong team against him, whatever it is, uh, because of the fact that he's creating art. He's not creating um, social statements with a specific goal. Right, right. He's more just like, this is how I see things or this is how people are seeing things. Let me present it. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's pretty similar. Like we had a guy, uh, comedian Neil Nanda on last week, mm-hmm. and we talked about the same thing in comedy, right? He, the, What he was saying is it's got to be way funnier than it is offensive. And yeah. I think if you're trying to just, make great art it's a hard line it is a hard line never like i i always say like i I just went to my first comedy show the other day (laughs) viewing and i was like damn like i don't know if i could do that like i would immediately toe the line towards offensive like i would cross (laughs) that line instantaneously because it's a hard one you have to like read the crowd like i was in santa barbara you know it's probably 95 percent white people in there (laughs) and like you have to read the crowd like they probably won't think some of the things that i think are funny are funny yeah but that's the thing i think if you make it like in the same kind of drawing the comparison to art, if it's if it's like super creative or like beautiful, it can still be controversial. But for sure, don't do controversy for the sake of doing controversy, yeah. basically. And and or otherwise, people will find it offensive, and they have a reason to if it's not something that's either really funny or really beautiful or artistic. Yeah. So I think there's a balance. And I think people also with with the comedy thing, like some people just don't view comedy as an art. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I think. Like a lot of, you know. Like when you see, oh, like towing the line of offensive, it's like, okay, well, what do you view comedy as? Is it for your specific enjoyment or is it for everyone's enjoyment? And if it is for everyone's enjoyment, like what is considered wrong? What is considered free game when you're performing? Right. You know, like that. And that's, that's a, that's a weird, uh, that's a, that's a hard question in every industry right now. And I think that for, you know, when it, when it, when I look at art and when I look at photography, it's a very white male dominated industry. Oh, is it? Yeah, for sure. Especially in fine art. Not so much like, I think the rest of the world is, it's definitely like catching up, but traditional fine art, it's like you're, you'll be hard pressed to find a non-white male photographer wow. that is selling in a certain price bracket. And that's something that I've looked at uh, with a lot of my artists is like, you know, where do you where do you just say this person's talented and they also happen to be this race and this ethnicity and this background, whatever? Or where do you just say like, okay, this person's talented? And you know, I, I'm I'm proud of the di- the diversity that I have with my artists that I represent. But like, when I look at pieces that I'm just selling that are coming in commission, it's like, okay, like 
it's hard. I mean, it's hard to find someone uh, in photography that isn't white, male, old, mm -hmm. or yeah. dead, mostly dead. Uh, and that's art in general um, a lot of the times. Now, in like, you know, I'm not like a, a painting expert by any means, but what I've been seeing on the fine art side of like painting is like there is this huge uh, surgence of uh, African artists that are that are super that are selling super well now that are dominating exhibitions, dominating shows. Um, and that's been super cool to see because like a lot, I mean, for me, like I like that style of art. I like the, you know, the high contrast colors. Yeah. Um, there's this artist, I can't remember his name. That's taking like pieces of plastic and like just covering like towns, like in this like really cool, uh, almost fabric looking, I don't know, like thing. <laughs> I don't know what else, what other, what other words to describe it. And he's covering these like towns, uh, these little villages. And it's just so like weirdly powerful, just immediately, like without knowing who's doing it or anything. Um, and it's cool to see that like coming into places like Art Basel, which for a long time, um, you know, may have like is stuffy and old. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a, it's a weird line. Um, and you know, it's like you also don't for me, it's like I don't want to be like, oh, like, oh, there's that white guy just, you know, <laughs> signing another non-white guy because he thinks it's going to make him look better. It's like everyone that I work with, I personally have a very close relationship with and also just really fuck with their art. you mm -hmm. know. And I think nice. that they fit inside the aesthetic of my gallery, but not because I'm trying to just because I just happen to be attracted to those people in my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's awesome. So now question. Yeah. You grow up in the spotlight being a childhood actor. Mm -hmm. You're surrounded by all this high-end art. Yeah. You live the prototypical best version of the L.A. dream. Yeah, yeah. From an early age up until being an adult, mm -hmm. how did you navigate dating and, and you know, what kind of people were you surrounded with as far as yeah. the opposite sex? Um, let's see. Uh What's well, funny? I I got inter I remember so clearly this. It's I got interviewed outside of the LAX LAX airport coming from Salt Lake City. I was shooting this co show called Granite Flats, and I remember like these like they I think they were called the polite paparazzi. They were like people that were like ex TMZ, but like left because they didn't want to be like rude, loser. No, I'm just kidding. They were, <laughs> they were super nice. Um, and uh, and I remember them asking me like. I don't remember if I was dating someone at the time or what it was, but they're like, you have a, you have a girl back home. And I was like, fuck like this. Is like, and I was like maybe 13, 14. And I got so nervous. I remember being like, no, but I kind of was. And I was worried that they were going to see it. Um, but for me, you know, early years, like I didn't have time mm -hmm. really. Like I was in and out of school. I mean, I rarely spent more than three, four months in LA at a time until I was like 16. Yeah. Um, and of like, I'm trying to think, like, I don't think I had my first girlfriend and like, I had this one girlfriend when we were in third grade. This is most, this is most LA. She was like maybe in fifth grade. She's still a close Ooh, friend. Shit. And we met on Facebook and she was like, I like your movies. That was the only time that also, that ever was relevant. Third, you talking about third grade is not as far back as I'm thinking because third grade for us is probably a little bit Well, I mean, it's still there. pretty far. I it's mean, pretty still, far back. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, 22. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. Well, how old are you guys? 35. 35? Yeah. 32. So, 32. So third grade for yeah. you is like not even 10, 10 years ago? Uh, no, more. I don't know. How old are you in third grade? Eight. 
Yes, yeah, so it's, it's not that far. He I think nine. Knew. I think you were like. Um. No. Yeah. That. I guess it wasn't that long ago. Uh. Feels like. I mean, third grade. I was like. I feel like that part of my life, though, like it was so nonstop that like it's hard to recall things. Yeah. Like I was in a different city every couple months. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but you were dating the older woman. I was right? dating the older woman, and yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> she ended the relationship. I remember so clearly. We were in a pool. We we're swimming around, and she was like, "Hey, like I think we got to end things. Like this relationship's too mature." Whoa. Because we were like making out. Whoa. Well, like third grade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a Holly. He's a Hollywood well, twenty-five. I would in third see grade. it on, like, I'd be like, in you know, I was in the movie called Date Night, probably at the time, and like, you know, I'd oh, see people night. like That's making out and swearing girl. and all this stuff, and I'd be like, oh, what? this is what I do. Date Night. It was Steve Carell, uh, yeah. Tina oh, Fey. Yeah. yeah, it was a fun one, but um, but yeah, people home, people outside of LA have to remember that nine years old in Hollywood years is like you're forty. Yeah, but you've lived a lot of lives in third grade. I have I have a problem with people that say that because. I visited my friend in Idaho when we were like 13 and these kids were like buck wild. Like <laughs> compared fair. to what I was That's doing, fair. like they were like, I mean, cause like they didn't have anything else to do. That's yeah. like, let's go mudding and like steal our parents alcohol. You yeah. know, at like 13, I was like, what is going on? Um, but yeah, she ended it because it was too mature. And I remember I <laughs> swam under the water and I screamed at the top of my lungs. Like I remember that's that's screaming. that's some dramatic stuff. And then right I there. came up, uh, uh, like I came up from the water and I was just like, oh, it's all good. <laughs> so Dude, were you guys? Uh, I think it was my, I was probably my parents' house. Did you kick her out? No, no, I had to play it cool. Yeah, good move. Good yeah. move. Did, uh, were you guys Facebook official at that time? I don't, I'm pretty sure my mom was the one that was chatting with her. Oh, wow. Like, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. And I, and I remember my mom also had, I had another girlfriend that from Twitter. And I, I don't know if this girl even knows who I am, but I used to carry around a photo of her in my wallet. This was in like probably fifth grade. And she's a supermodel now. Like, the fa- I fumbled the bag with that one. She's, a, her name's like Thylene Blondiao. She's like one of the top models in the world. But I used to, we, somewhere on someone's Twitter, there was like 10 messages. And I, we were like boyfriend and girlfriend on Twitter messages. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, later on, I feel like once I got to high school, I kind of had this perspective of like, I've worked for a long time. I know what it means to like, you know, it was hard work. It wasn't like I was just like, you know, showing up to set and like smiling and then leaving. It was like a lot of work and like a lot of stress and a, and a, not an easy way to grow up in some forms and in other forms. Yeah, for sure. But I had this perspective on people that I would like see like complaining about paying for things and like you know like oh i just having no concept of money and that was really hard for me to like Mm -hmm. understand because i was paying for all my own things by Mm -hmm. like 15 or 14 um and it kind of like i don't know there were a lot of like when i didn't have i was just before instagram when it comes to like acting and all that stuff so like i never had like a big i don't have a big following i was private on instagram for a long time like and like I would, when I was in high school, all my friends were like Instagram famous and they'd be sent things and like all the shit and like, like, oh, I got to take photos with my, you know, my shirt today. Like shit, such a busy day. And, <laughs> and like people that I like would otherwise be like, oh, that girl's hot. Like that girl's awesome. Cool. I didn't have that like emotional understanding. Like I always just felt like I was just, 
I don't know, like different, different perspective not, at least. Yeah. And it's, and like, I, then I would kind of get down on myself. It's just like, why are you, you don't feel, you don't, you're not any different. You just like have different life experiences, but not special. You didn't think you were special. No, I didn't think, yeah. yeah. But, but you know, when you're like, when you, I don't know, when I, I throughout my life, like what well, find times where I'm like, I other myself, like I'll be in a room with a bunch of people. I feel like it's just like a human condition of being mm-hmm. like, no one's having the same experience as me. And it was just heightened by the fact that I actually just had a different yeah. experience from most of my most of my peers and even like the acting kids i also didn't really like see eye to eye with because i had the normal high school experience um while they were like you know already flying themselves places and like getting houses and like they they were super mature in some ways but like emotionally like it's like it's wealth yeah, that, mm-hmm. it's, in other ways no it's interesting so i think that was gonna be another one of my questions how you're kind of do you think the balance of both that normal high school life and the childhood actor being a little different kind of allowed you to really flourish and be like at 22, you're well beyond your years. You seem to have the great head on your shoulders and you yep. see people like Macaulay Culkin, right? Yeah. Like he was a childhood actor. Yeah. You know, from a young age. But and now he's walking for Gucci. No. <laughs> you saw that? <laughs> but, yes, I did not see that. But like, can you talk a little bit about what that does to your mind and how a lot of childhood actors kind of, take a wrong turn in life. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I never was famous and that was, uh, partly by choice, uh, Mm -hmm. from an early age for me. And, and I think for my parents as well, like any opportunity that was like someone high up was like, we're going to make you this, the next, this was, was like, "Eh, that's probably not like, I wasn't that interested in it. I never wanted to do like, you know, like, a press piece that was not related to something I was working on. I didn't, I really just wanted to work. I loved being on set. And, um, you know, I, I think that the high school, like always going back, I went to a public school until I was in eighth grade, uh, maybe seventh. And then I switched to a really small private school. Um, I was super weird and I love it, but it was super, I, there were 16 kids in my graduating class and it wasn't an acting school. It was just weird and small and very special. Um, And yeah, I think it was just like, I don't know. I definitely grew up with people that, that reached a certain level of fame very early on and it broke them like in a, in a very clear way. Like I, a lot of the like celebrities now, like I was a kid when we were kids together, like whether or not it's like, Hey, what's up buddy? Like we, if we were to go back, we spent a lot of time together. And I think, you know, there are a lot of things that should have fucked me up. Uh, in terms of like, you know, no one in my family knew that Red Bull was bad. It would just keep me up on set. So I was like pounding Red Bull at like six, seven years old. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And then like, I'm then be like, why can't he sleep? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Love my parents. They didn't know that. And then, uh, (laughs) and so, you know, I think that really it's, it's a threshold of fame. That's just different from, from working. Like for me, it was, it was experience. Like I got to meet all these people, different personalities, learn how to take direction, which I think is most people have trouble with until they're older. Um, and because of that ability to take direction, like I was able to just work other jobs too. Like that's why I was able to, you know, start a gallery is like, I was able to take criticism. I was able to, you know, put in long hours from an early, like I never had to, you know, go into corporate to learn, oh, this is what a nine to five feels right. like. Um, I was like already doing nine to 2 a.m. because Canada doesn't care about kids. <laughs> uh, but um, 
Just kidding. We love Canada. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the difference is between like me and like a Macaulay Culkin. I just think that he was probably more famous and like it got it fucked him up versus like yeah. I never got that. Right. And I think there's know? any number of a thousand things I could fuck you up. And yeah. Turn your life. And I also, I mean, I have a great family. Like, I have a good support system. I was going to ask, were they in the industry or did they just... Yeah, my dad was actually a producer before I was born. Uh, my mom isn't... I mean, she kind of is. She does, like, consumer products, toys. Uh, my dad's was made, I mean, big movies uh, on, a on a, like, a corporate level. He worked at Disney, so he did, like, Operation Dumbo Drop and Hocus Pocus, and mm. movies I grew up with. Oh really? Operation Dumbo Drop. Us yeah. too. Don't we're not that I old. Have, I have the the Operation Dumbo Drop tattoo. Oh, that's oh, wow. sick. That's actually that's such high. an underrated movie elephant. that many people don't know about. Oh yeah. Uh, but side note, we are gonna have extra time today. Okay. We could reschedule. So perfect. Oh wow. Because I was actually getting worried because this conversation is going so well. Okay. And there's so many different ways to go, and I was like, gosh, we have to fit it all in. Yeah. But this is good. Cool. <laughs> well, I uh, yeah. By the way, that elephant tie. Recently died. Rest, mm. rest his soul. Oh, really? Um, we, I like grew up on the mic. Um, no, I uh, I grew up with this elephant. It was the coolest experience in the world. My dad uh, made the made the film, and uh, one day they were uh, filming, and he got a note slipped under his trailer that was like, "If you're not gone within two days, we're we're taking people's heads from like the local drug Whoa. lord." So he's like, "You guys got to go." So Disney was like, "We're out." Like within six wait, wait, hours. This. Where was this? This is in Thailand. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So they're shooting Operation Double Drop in Thailand. And the whole operation picked up and left within like seven hours. They were like, you know, because a bunch of LA people like, what do you mean there's a drug lord taking people's heads? Like, we're out. And uh, and so they left my dad there to like find a replacement, like an elephant for B-roll. And so he was going from village. This is the craziest shit. Like knowing my dad now, like <laughs> this dude doesn't wear shoes. Like he doesn't leave his house. <laughs> and uh, and he's going from town to town with like a Polaroid of an elephant being like, have you seen this elephant? And, and they would say like, oh, that one over there. And so you'd go to the next one. And they all had these like divots from being malnourished in Thailand. And so none of them looked like the very well-fed LA elephant. <laughs> and... Uh, and he finally found one that kind of looked like the elephant. And so they FedExed the elephant overnight to Florida. <laughs> Whoa. Crazy story. How much did that cost? A million bucks. 350 grand, yeah. At the time, <laughs> wow. now it would have been, you know, multi-million for sure. They actually kept increasing it because they had to do multiple flights. The The final flight from like LA to, or from Florida to LA was like probably like 900,000, something like that. Jesus. Because they were like, what are we, shipping this elephant I mean, in Florida, you, should, you just let it run. Just <laughs> yeah. like, no one's going to notice. Yeah, low key. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so he like became friends with this like elephant trainer. And when I was shooting bedtime stories, it was the craziest thing in the world. They had, uh, there was this one scene where it was like supposed to be like a chariot race where they jumped the elephants, but they actually had like built this whole coliseum and. Uh, I had an elephant, a bunch of elephants, like six. And we walk on a set and one of the elephant, like one of the elephants, like walks out of the line and starts running towards us. And, ah, ah, and then it picks up my dad and fucking hugs him. Whoa. I don't know if you were allowed, we're allowed to swear, right? Yeah. yeah. I just realized I've said it so many times, <laughs> but like he, he, he hugs my dad and I'm like, holy shit. What the fuck and is just like with, with the trunk, just with the trunk, up. picks him up. It's like, it's like out of a fucking movie. And, uh, did they get that on camera at all? No, okay. of course not. That, th no. Those things never get put on. Yeah. Like you see crazy shit on camera. The shit that you don't see, those, that's the craziest. And uh, and turns out it's the same elephant. There's an elephant tie. 
that he like essentially brought from Thailand and the whole thing. And, wow. Um, so then I grew up like visiting this elephant like all the time. It lived like right, right outside, a couple hours outside of LA in this huge like pasture. And what? It was the same elephant from uh, a water for elephants and pretty okay. much anytime you've seen an elephant on, in a big Hollywood movie, this is like, this elephant's like, it didn't even like, it didn't like live, you know, with like in an enclosure, it would just like it was just like human. It was weird. Elephants are the craziest animals in the world. You can blow into their trunk and they'll remember you for life. No way. Yeah, their memory is that wild. Wow. wow. And his favorite. And when they'd be like, animal. when we'd clean the elephants, it would be like, "Hey, Ty, like pick up your back left leg." Elephant, you wash it down. Okay, like thanks. And, you know, front wow. right. Say crazy. That's yeah, yeah, crazy. You, t- you, t- it's not like training like a dog. It's like you just they just learn English at some point. <laughs> And you're just talking to them. It's so. So that wild. elephant lived like the dream of many LA actors. Like you just oh, get discovered one day. Dude, this and this elephant put... was popping. I was in everything. Wow. Yeah. Did, did you get that tattoo when you were like seven? Or yeah, what? that would be cool, right? Yeah. My mom didn't know that Red Bull was bad in <laughs> tattoos. No, I got it, I got it pretty recently. And then like my no one in my family told me that this elephant died mm. because they were like worried. I was like, okay, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh, did you get it? Did you get the tattoo after? No, it was before. Okay. <laughs> so. It's not really that relevant, but uh, I don't know. We grew up when I in my parents' house. They had this little like marionette uh, elephant uh, in the living room, and that they got in Thailand. And I just was I liked it. And I was like, yeah, I like elephants too. But there's a so there's cool. photos yeah. of me like as a little kid, like just like chilling with with Ty. That's Ty dope. and Rosie was the other one. That's Rosie sick. was a good yeah. That's so sad. How do we go down that uh, that tangent we were talking about? I know we're talking about dating. Oh, my then, dad, my my family. Oh, and being in the industry. industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister works at Disney. She's in marketing. Her mom, she's my half sister. Her mom uh, was a superstar. She did like all the um, storyboard presentations for like all of the um, animated Pixar Disney films. So she's like in Lion King. She has one line. She wasn't an actor. She just they were like, hey, what was the line in Lion King? Oh, my sister's gonna kill me for not knowing. Uh, she's Nala's mom. She says something along the lines oh, of really? like Nala, come here. But I should know it's <laughs> messed up that I don't. It's um, only one line. Wait, so out of all the roles, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I only really knew bedtime stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say was the best, and what was it like working with Adam Sandler? Um, Adam Sandler's the best. Yeah, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about him. Me neither. Um, I literally, I I have not, except for maybe like you know that he's too good at basketball. Um, he like, he's the funniest dude in the world, especially as a kid. So one thing that I always tell people is like, oh, like, you know, everyone wants to know, oh, did you ever have a bad experience with an actor or someone? It's like, not really. I was eight when I, st- like, wh- what asshole is going to be like, oh, fuck you, kid. Kevin like, Spacey, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah. <laughs> in more ways than one. Yes. Um, but I, uh, Adam Sandler's the best. He bought me a Wii at the end of the, which was really cool at the time and probably is even cooler now. Um, and that was four and a half months. So like early on, that was probably the, my most like extravagant production. We had like, you know, we'd have, we'd have lunch and then we'd have like the entire Hooters like truck show up like two hours later and then two hours later be in and out truck. And then the food budget on that film was more than this, like anything else. <laughs> the marketing on that film was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Every billboard was just a new dream from the bedtime yeah. stories. Yeah. Well, we also they also had me in different languages, which was super crazy because like then I had to when I had to do the interviews, so I'd be like, "You're on the phone with China," and then like it would be like a, an hour long interview where they're like have a translator on the phone, and they'd be like, "You're on the phone with Russia," and then same thing. <laughs> but uh, that was probably my first like, you know, most fun early production. Um, but I ended up doing a lot of voiceover later on that was. 
uh, I loved. Like I did it. That was probably my my bread and butter for the rest of my career. Was like, I was on a Disney show for five years uh, called Jake and the Neverland Pirates. It was like educational, counting your gold doubloons, and that was the best. Like that was like the best. Like that and Family Guy were the two best jobs for mm. sure. We're on Family Guy. Every kid from season seven to season like nine or something. No like way. That. Yeah, they would just be like, "Oh, bring." In. They didn't even know my name. Something father would be <laughs> bring like, in "Bring the in the kid, bring in that idiot." <laughs> I come in with my floppy hair, bouncing. Uh, I up fucking and down. love Family Guy so yeah, much. No, they and I wouldn't know what I was doing until then. And you know what's crazy? Like, like Family talking about like you know canceling and all that we were talking about earlier. It's like Family Guy kind of lived outside of that, and it still does to an extent. Mm-hmm. But like, what I specifically mean is like they would just have me do roles that like. They didn't know where to cast anyone else for. So they'd be like, oh, you're a three-year-old Puerto Rican kid. from like, And I'd be like, okay, three years old. Like, what the fuck does that sound like? And like the line would be like, carrot. And I'd be like, I'd be like you did it. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, I mean, I would go in and knock out four scripts in, in 12 minutes. That's amazing. It's the best. Yeah, voice acting. Is I too- wish I could. If I could have that job, if anyone listens to this and they're like still working casting there, dude, I would... That, I would take that job over any other job, honestly. Yeah. Well, except for art, selling arts fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, voiceover is cool. I mean, it's essentially this, but, like, lo- like there's no cameras. So you, I mean, I would, like, swear whatever. And yeah. It's still hard. Uh-huh. Like, you have to show, you know, you have to learn how to put all your emotion through your voice and, like, dialects and all that shit. Like, yeah, that's important, too. But, like, most of the time, it's, like, they end up casting the person that just sounds like the character. Except for every DreamWorks production is, like, some like crazy talented voice actor they're like okay like your character's named bubbles and he's an octopus from uh the you know the caribbean and then this like seven year old it's like, like what? <laughs> where does that noise come from one of my favorite uh this is like og youtube mm-hmm. uh videos is uh dude nick patera who sings a whole new world but he sings both male and female parts oh, it's incredible he goes I back and forth the, the guy who does the pranks the pranks with the you know, it's a prankster. Or something. Uh, he was one of the big I'm sure ones. I've seen it at some but point. He does but he both the male and the female. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's really cool. And like just going back and forth between like during the same. Yeah, it's wild. There was this one guy. I should remember his name. He's probably has more credits than anyone in Hollywood, but no one knows him. Mm-hmm. D. Bradley Baker. Wow. Came right to me. <laughs> D. Bradley Baker is the most hired person in Hollywood. But you would never know him because his characters are always made up. Like, they're just imaginary animals. Almost always. So every time Disney has a part where they don't know how to really describe what the voice is supposed to sound like, they hire him. Mm. So, like, you know, he's the type of guy he can be talking to you and making cricket noises out of the side of his mouth. And you're like, where is that coming from? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, he has four. I mean, this dude is, like, 400 plus credits. Wow. And that's just the credited ones. Like he's huge. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of I see a lot of people like that give blowback when uh, some animated movies just hire big name actors instead of voice actors. Yeah, because you know obviously they're trying to just draw people to the movie. But yeah. I think having a super talented voice actor is a game changer compared to just throwing in a celebrity. Yeah, I I recently decided that like I kind of I'm pro- I'm going to produce an animated film. Like this is like in the past week, so Whoa. um Break, I mean, breaking this, news, breaking I've, news. I've, I, yeah, breaking news. I have this idea for a long time, but I've been looking at the the same thing of like I have obviously connections in Hollywood. It's like how the fuck did this guy get, you know, this name I don't want to name some of the names. But, <laughs> sure. Uh, uh 
this name on the movie. And then you look at it, it's like, well, do we really, for an animated film, do like, do we really need that name? Like, is that going to help the movie get sold? Is it going to help, you know, the pitch? Um, so I'm looking at that right now. But long story short, watch out. Yeah. Watch That's exciting. Out. Yeah. God, I wish, I wish there was no, like, I wish people were just pure humans and I could just tell the whole idea. And then no one will steal it. Is, is that is that the fear? Don't do it. <sighs> Don't do it. Yeah, that's the fear. Not in this town. Don't the, do right? It. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like, of course, you should be safe. But I, so someone told me this once, right? Mm-hmm. When I was doing the app. And then they said, don't stress about it because for someone to actually pursue it is very, very, very unlikely. And then I thought about it, doing it, how hard it is. Yeah. I was like, that's true. If someone wanted to steal the idea, they would, the the only difficult. people that could definitely steal the idea, no problem, are the people that have already made it. And they're probably the okay, most likely to fair. as well. Like in fashion, I have this, my my friend Sam has a brand called Wish Me Luck. Super cool company. They do like these like, you know, like kind of like this like little horseshoe type look. Um, and like big brands are just straight up like ste- like fully ripping the designs. Like yeah. No... Yeah. no care for the fact that like yeah it's been out people have seen this shit you know like and uh so i don't know I, especially in fashion i've seen it yeah. people my, steal shit all the time my friend tori right now he's in a lawsuit with balenciaga and this is pre creepy kid uh bdsm stuff that he just got in trouble for but he put a he did a sweatshirt it just said part of his brand that said free mm-hmm. and he wore it to a really exclusive event mm-hmm. a year later it showed the exact sweatshirt shows up on balenciaga's website really? selling for like 900 bucks and now he's in a in a lawsuit with them. So like you're saying, of, I think it's more common than we think. Yeah, that reminds me of Ocean, the beach on Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like Ocean. I was thinking Thirteen. I was like, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Someone on a podcast came up with the whole idea. <laughs> I guess it would have been radio. Then. So, wait, so you, yeah. you have this idea, right? But now, do you still want to act, or? I mean, I still do. Like, I just like I have an agent. And then we've been like, I feel bad because I'm bad about it. Like I, because the way I, the way I look at it is like, I kind of had my chance and like, I lost my passion for it, Mm -hmm. but I still love working, which is why I still have an agent. And I still like, I just worked on a project with Tyler the other day. That's going to be fucking crazy. But like, I just lost the process. I just got so tired of it. Yeah. I got tired of like. It felt like a chore. This is how I view it. I It started to feel like a chore to me. And I thought about all the people that dropped everything they had and moved here from Timbuktu to get excited and super hyped just to like drive across the city to like audition for a small part on, you know, a sitcom. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, yeah, the sitcom, like not like no disrespect, but like for me, it's that's how it was. I was like. I don't want to fucking drive to Santa Monica from Hollywood for like a two minute spot on, you know, two and a half men, like love, like respect to people that do, but it's not for me. And then I was like, that's kind of fucked up way to think. And I'm, and I'm working like that. No, I think it just means up. you're in a good spot. And you, like, cause a lot of people for a long time, they chase so much stuff, but if you're successful, eventually you get to choose what you want to do. But I definitely wasn't that successful at the time. Okay. <laughs> but well. No, no, no. I mean, even now, like compared to, you know, numbers wise, I have a, a large amount of credits, but like, I, like I'm not in a place to be like not wanting to drive across the city, especially from but, my agent's perspective. But it's not like you're only acting; you yeah, have a lot of other true. stuff. You seem to be more of a you're an actor, but you seem to be more of a creative, yeah, right? Yeah. And it you know shines through in everything that you just talked about. Yeah, I always tell people like that. I know, I just like I'm down to work in any. Like if my friends have a project and they want me to be part of it, 
I'll do it. Like that's not that's not a question. I don't not like acting. I just don't really yeah, you know, wanna keep auditioning. We'll come we'll start with Joe's question after. Too close? Oh shit, okay. Too strong. Oh shit, okay. Oh, wow, ladies, I'm gonna listen back to this. Breathing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, you got some you got some good lungs. You <laughs> I, can tell. He I looks mouth, like he has good lungs. I mouth tape when I sleep, so that's yeah. why? I don't know, maybe. Do you actually mouth tape? I do. What yeah. is that? You like uh, so nasal breathing is supposed to be better for you. And uh, how are we doing, Oscar? Okay. Yeah, so nasal breathing is supposed to be much healthier for you. And it, for a lot of reasons. And basically it also, like, if you mouth breathe, it can mess up your, like, facial structure. And your, yeah, it's just the whole thing. Whoa. Yeah. But I also, have, I also have sleep apnea. Yeah. So okay. I, use, I use a CPAP that. Oh, okay. So also if I opened my mouth during sleep, the air could just shoot That's right just out. No, okay, so where does, where does sleep apnea come from? Uh, so there's a lot of causes for it. For mm -hmm. me, it's because I, just of my structure, my tongue, when I fall asleep, will block the airway. It, it just like the muscles relax, relax and just blocks the airway. Wow. So I need the CPAP to pressurize the air to just go down. But like a lot of obese people have sleep apnea and it's just really a structural thing. Sometimes people have, their tonsils are too big. Have people oh, like through history always had sleep apnea? Yeah. And I think it's m way more common than we think. So if you don't have your CPAP, right? Mm -hmm. Do you die? Uh, no, but it's like over you, time. like you jump away. Yeah. So basically you have these, um, what are they called? Um, basically like you wake up without realizing it, like just to breathe. So you don't truly wake up, but you wake up to like gasp for air. And some people like they have nice. episodes. That's what I was trying to. Uh -huh. So I have like, if I don't use the machine, I have like 60 episodes an hour. So like every minute I stop Whoa. breathing. So, Wait, what? Yeah, so I need the machine. Sorry, that was probably so loud. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's way more common than people think because a lot of people ask me about no, it. I mean, I knew people that had sleep apnea, but like I always thought it was like, like that was just came from obesity. Yeah. And then I know like a lot of people like you can die from sleep apnea, mm -hmm. especially if you're like using or like drinking and Xanax. Like that's how yam, ASAP yams died. Like, yeah, that stuff makes it worse. And then because... Yeah. Sometimes because then you don't stuff, exactly. That's but yeah, over time, wild. really, what it does, it'll it'll screw up your blood pressure and your you know heart problems and just like all sorts. Okay, of wait. Shit. So now you guys obviously first rounds on me. What it so girl guy? I don't know what your preference is, but they come over. Yeah. And you you plug in. Yeah, they just have to they have to roll with it. This shit's loud. No, it's actually quiet. It's, oh, okay. it's like white. It's almost less than white noise, basically. And mm. if I didn't use it, I'd be snoring like crazy. So. Anyone would be thankful that I actually have, have you ever like is that ever a conversation? Always, yeah, because they're like, What is that? So I have to, you know. You don't prep them before. Oh, by the way. No, but back in my like more immature uh -huh. days, if I was to like hook up with somebody, it's like it would be the perfect excuse to say I have to go home because I'm like, I need to go home and use my power like machine. It's, I mean mature. it's a very legitimate <laughs> reason. But I always I'm thinking like that sounds like a great excuse. No, no but I'm saying using it as an excuse versus using it as like the reality and being upfront about it. Yeah, yeah. Where they might want like a sleepover. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, sorry, I can't. Yeah. So someone, like someone the other day said a, a slover. Slover. Sleepover. Slover. I never heard that before. I like that. It's okay. Crazy. Slover. That's so interesting. Right I've never like my thing is like I have to be like, yo, like just so you know, like I'm like not necessarily a cuddler, but like in the middle of the night, like Great I am. This question. And he's super. I'm, he's, I'm, I'll like, I'll like just grab. When I sleep alone, I'm grabbing like a pillow or like, mm. I don't know, if put a broom in there. Or whatever. So you are a cuddler? Uh, you, when I'm asleep. Huge okay, cuddler. So Steve's million dollar question is coming. Yeah. Well, so um, 
So we go. I have the you know list of qualities I look for in somebody. Yeah. And and I have a couple that are not deal breakers. You mean like a physical list? Not well, physical list, but not physical qualities. No. Okay, but you it's written. It's written. Wow. Yeah, and it's not again. That's it's more of a guideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just if you look at my notes, I have like hundreds of notes. I write everything down. Uh huh. So like that's one of the things I've written down. But one of my non deal breakers essentially is non deal breaker. But you would prefer yes. Okay. Um, would she be willing to sleep in separate beds and or separate bedrooms? Wow. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about it? And it gets very mixed reactions. Wow. Yeah. How do I feel about Like, would I... Would if, you ever okay. entertain uh, but it? Here, here's here's what, the only way I can look at it. If someone that I cared about had this list, right? That that Would I be the person sleeping in the other room? Because there's one, there's one bedroom or one bed that's significantly better than the other, no matter where you are. Well, I always preface this by <laughs> saying she could have... The best bed she wants, she could have the the California king. Yeah, the but king. she's gonna want your bed for sure. But I, I'm sleeping like I was told, I, I'll sleep in an extra long twin. I don't care. It's oh, more about just having my space because I'm not a good sleeper. Uh. And my whole thing is like this: like if you look at it from like a logistical standpoint and just practicality, who actually goes to sleep and wakes up at the same time? Like unless you don't have jobs and you literally do everything together, like you're always gonna go to sleep at different times and wake up at different times or need mm. to, right? The other thing is I'm a so much better of a person if I have sleep and everyone is. Mm. So if I'm not getting good sleep next to somebody. I wish you ended it after I'm so much better of a person. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's my thing. And again, it's not a deal breaker. Yeah. yeah and if, yeah. if I find someone that we sleep great together. Great. Well, then you should fucking marry them on the spot. Yeah. Right. That I mean, shouldn't even be a question. Forget their personality, what they look like. If you can, if you can yeah, meet that, someone that's, that's that the list falls right asleep there. That's my list. Up. Okay. My answer to that, I don't think I can do it. Okay, you and I'm, I'm, bed. I don't try to convince. Sure. Any, I don't okay. try to convince anybody. It's more about just presenting my side of the. For sure, debate. no, I think. Have you experienced a lot of sleepovers? To have slovers. slovers, slovers, to have an experienced input on this. Well, I mean, I, I, I had slept in a separate room from my ex while we were together, but it was always because we were like, in a fight or something. Okay, like it wasn't like healthy. Good night. And I and I think that I've had conversations with girls that I've seen where they're like, like staying at a hotel where there's two beds that are both at Basel. It was like you have two beds. It's like if I was with someone and they were like, "Yo, like I just want my space tonight. I gotta wake up early." Like, yeah, I'd probably take it personally. But I think growing, <laughs> moving forward, I shouldn't. There's no reason. Who cares? Yeah, I think I think it's just part a small part of a relationship, right? And maybe it represents something more. Yeah, but then, but to be honest, I think that you would have, like, that's a power dynamic without even realizing it. I think that the problem, not problem, but something that you'd have to navigate with that is that you would be in a power position for sure. Because you're you're creating a set of rules in some shape or form that whether or not they agree to it, like, or they're super excited about it, you're the one setting that that boundary. Yeah, no, I get that, but that, that's why I say it I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's not it's a just, deal breaker. Yeah. Number one and number two, like she would have. I wouldn't do it against her will. Yeah. Because I would never do anything against, right against <laughs> she her. She wakes up. You have a full bed. Yeah. <laughs> She's tied down so she can't sneak, <laughs> yeah. sneak into mine. But yeah. I'm, yeah. He's but not it's just it's a thought. Will. But that's the thing. Like when we ask people, and especially when I ask a lot of younger people this question, yeah, they usually have a like you you know you thought about it a little bit. Yeah. A lot of people have a very knee jerk reaction. Yeah. Oscar, you good? That was a knee jerk. (laughs) He's like a cat over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so a lot of people have this knee jerk reaction because it's like the way it is, right? And then, but no, I, 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 hundred percent seeing. I don't think that that's a problem in its like 
if someone that I cared about actually felt and thought that way, like I would accommodate that for sure. I just think that in the long run for me personally, that would, that would like, that would wear on me. Sure. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm assuming your love language is probably not physical touch. It's up there actually. But like, that's the thing. I don't, I don't see physical touch and sleeping. I see them as two separate oh, things. I, do. Like, I think, I think it's like, like cuddling is great yeah. and I'm down to cuddle, but like when it's oh, bedtime, it's bedtime. See, I don't want to cuddle while I'm awake. Fuck, why am I <laughs> yeah, well, that's I'm thing. like breathing someone's this hair. This is why we would never be in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Shit. Um, but yeah, again, this is just my, one of my things that I, I think about. And if you yeah. think about it, like, you know, you're, you're young, we're old. Yeah. And if you look at like it's the 1950s, yeah. yeah, the <laughs> 1950s, like people are still in separate beds in the same. Yeah, I didn't even know and, that. And look, they probably like beat their wives and stuff, but like, cause it was a different time in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, they did fucked up shit. But like point being like sleeping in the same bed. Yeah, but I bet you sleep apnea wasn't a thing in the 50s. Yeah, that's why people were just dying. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know why. But it that's was, why yeah. they sleep in other beds. They're like, oh, Jerry's yeah. dead again. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, just a, just a thought about, you know, what, something. What about you? Did you do that? So actually, before I met Hannah, I, I would tend to agree more with Steve, mm-hmm. but I don't know, like Hannah is very cuddly and mm-hmm. affectionate all hours of the night. Yeah. And not not saying sex, like, yeah, yeah. you know, just touchy and wants to feel that connection. Mm-hmm. And I actually sleep very well with her during the night. Mm-hmm. In the morning, it's a little challenging because I wake up before her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't see it going over well with her if I was like, hey. It depends on the person. She would take it super personal, and I think that it would cause a lot of rift. Yeah, especially if you don't have a precedent. I think I feel like adding that in is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like you'd have to meet, like you'd have to meet someone. And be like, just so you know, this is how I view things. You can't like four months in, five months in, be like, yo, by the way, like I don't think we should sleep in this. They're gonna be like, what? Like yeah. you did for the past five months. Yeah, we literally just talked about this yesterday, where we're saying like a lot of trust in relationship i think comes down to routine like mm-hmm. you're saying so if you yeah. break that routine or aka the precedent in this situation then people yeah. are like oh no what did i do or what's wrong with him or so exactly you wear what you're socks saying. to bed no okay never yeah, you. yeah no see i'm like if you're wearing socks in my bed we have a problem yeah I'm, not I'm, like a serious problem but i'm like it's a red flag right. sweats in bed bigger red flag i'm a naked sleeper naked sleeper. completely fully naked. yeah fully I naked. Could yikes. Never, never. yikes what if there's yeah. a fire <laughs> in the bed it's all about survival <laughs> yeah. see i yeah, can't have my, get out my, the... my boys flapping around dude i'm not a naked person at all i i i, I go boxers guys, and shorts i, I shower Whoa. with i shower boxers with my clothes on wait okay well you sleep with shorts you say you shower with your clothes on i sleep with <laughs> i like how uh, to slide over that tank top oh boxers, wow shorts are they like you definitely you'd strike me as like a boxer not brief guy you'd strike me as a boxer guy to sleep no briefs Briefs. Yeah. Wow. Like boxer briefs. So then what's the point of the shorts? Just more fabric? <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I get like all twisted um, and stuff. I don't know, to be honest. I've tried. I've definitely like, I've definitely tried sleeping naked and like, I don't know, dude. It's like. It's freeing. It took me yeah, a while. But, yeah. I don't know. TV yeah, on, TV everybody. off. On. Me too. Always. Yeah, on. Always. Actually, I don't think I've ever turned my TV off. <laughs> Same. Being serious, like I think it's on. It's definitely on right now. And I think that I can't sleep if it's off, because I'm just not used to it. I can, but it's always like, oh, I'm doing something good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think of that as self care. Like okay. I'm like, yo, if the TV's off, like that, I'm I might as well be a monk. <laughs> See, what about that? Okay, so what if a woman was like, no TV before bed? That's uh, that would be like a healthy decision for her to make for me. That I would I would be like, okay, 
Like See? you're right. And what if I told the woman, "Hey, you'll get eight hours of quality sleep if you don't sleep next to me." Listen, this, this is all compromised. But, though. but also, your question very different because I don't have a CPAP. True. So that, and that's also the same for you. Like there's a there's a cause and a result. Mm. So like for you, it's like this is like I have this experience in my life with sleep that is caused by this and maybe other things. And so this is the way I'd like to sleep versus me doing it is like, yo, I just don't want you in my bed. <laughs> and there's not another way that someone's going to view that. Like I'd have to come up with a pretty sellable like storyline as to like, well, you know, when I was growing up, like I slept with spiders in my bed, this weird <laughs> thing. And like, they'd bite me on that. Well, I will say, and I'll, we can end it. I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I've probably brought this up to 10 people, 10 women in the past mm -hmm. like month. All and fine with it. Five or six of them were were instantly in, and they thought about it also. How old are they? They were instantly a little bit older, what? like like into it, loved it, and they had thought about it before. And they're a little bit older. Yeah. That's the thing. I think it's thirties and above. Like like the TV thing. Right? Okay, but were these people into you? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, we had yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, well, so it, but it's no, a, but not it's even a like problematic. Uh, what a, a set. Possibly, possibly. If I were to ask size. them without you knowing. Yeah. Would their answer be the same? Good question. Because a biased, it's a biased person. Sure. Yeah. Good question. Maybe uh, is there comments on podcasts or like? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll like, throw we'll throw, throw a poll in, the in there. Yeah. Throw it into uh, first round on me's Instagram. Yeah. That's a good idea. Okay. Like a very specific question. Like, oh my god. And then happen. we could be like, it's in, like sent in by some random user. <laughs> oh, we know we never do on our uh, Instagram is questions. What do you mean? Like you know when you poll like. Mm -hmm. Two beds, yes or no? Oh, in the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do one. We could. Okay, we'll do that. I feel like I should be on the two bed train. I should be, but I'm not. Think about it. Yeah. Maybe well, I'll change my mind. When was last year's relationship you were in? Long time. Third grade. So that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, I think. It's been like three years. It's been like three years. No, I think this conversation, when you're in a long term relationship, you go through sleeping with someone every day and you're like, yeah. okay, I like this, I don't like this. Yeah. But if you haven't been in a long term Yeah, we live together in a one bedroom too. So like, it's not like it's that or the couch. So someone's right. getting the shit. That, that's also stick. there's practical considerations yeah. as well. Are yeah. you open to the relationship now? Or are you still too young? Yeah. What is oh, to in a relationship for sure? Yeah. So yeah. you're like you're not looking open to it. I'm not looking, but very open to it. Okay. Yeah. I think. Uh, I'm so good at being alone now. Like mm -hmm. it's it's a little, it's borderline. Like last night I was like shit. Maybe I should like see a human soul. <laughs> like last night I sat there so. The only people that I've seen for the past like four or five days are doctors or people at the basketball court that I don't know their names. What basketball court? Just any. Like I Why play pickup. Oh, let us, I, I play let us pick know. Up. Really? Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I play I pickup at four of the past five days. Oh, I go sure almost every day. Where do you play? Uh, either UCLA or uh, there's a park at called UCLA. Virginia. Yeah, it's the best lighting because it's so dark so early Outside now. Outside or inside? Outside. Oh wow. There there is an indoor court in Venice that I play at, but they closed for the season. It's 8 to 10 p.m. on Tuesday. It's the best. I play. I, I did play every Tuesday. And the hips are good? Barely. I'm getting there. I, I trained. So I got double hip surgery. Um, pretty gnarly. If anyone out there is thinking about doing it, let me know. Um, probably have some good advice on it. But I've been in physical therapy for like 10 weeks, 12 weeks. And I recently found out that they have a strength and conditioning coach there. So like towards the end, I was like, yeah, it's like I'm doing like three squats and like getting a really painful massage. Um, but they have a strength and conditioning coach that's like folk that knows physical therapy. So it's like I've been working out with him and now I'm able to like run and jump barely and 
but it's still, I love going out there. But anyways, I've been alone, except for the people, could be you guys soon, but except for the people at the basketball court, I haven't seen anyone. Okay? Well, we feel very honored that you're seeing us. Yeah. Oh, I'm, it's great to be here. It's you know great what, to though? see people. I think like, obviously there's, there's a spectrum for everything, right? And there's extremes. But I, one of the things on my list also is the ability to be alone. Like mm-hmm. and be really for good for both for me too. Yeah. Everything on everything that's on my list, I would never ask him to do that. I would do myself, right? God. And it. I think the ability to be good, good by yourself, and be able to, you know, not need a relationship, not need somebody, I think is super important. So yeah, yeah there's a point where you become like a recluse, which I don't think you're there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I think you need to be like good. I, on go out, I pop out on the weekends, you know. Like yeah. I have, but I have you seem my, focused too on your work and like. I have yeah, I'm focused on my work. I have a truck. Okay. Pick up. Yeah, pick up. Okay. Uh, working on vintage, her. vintage, yeah, obviously. She's I mean, from look 75. At her name's Ace, damn, uh, you know, androgynous name, super hot girl with green paint. Uh, <laughs> she's been a constant headache, mm. just I mean, it's been I've literally driven her maybe five days, I've had her for like four months because she breaks down. Uh-huh. It feels weird calling her she more than the first time. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of have like a relationship with her, she takes up. God, it takes up a lot of my time, uh, but I, it, it should be fixed in the I next you need couple weeks. I a girl or a truck? I keep saying she. Yeah, I know. No, I did like I kind of I was driving it the other day, and I had like my music playing, and I was like, "There's something weird about this." <laughs> like there is like a connection. Like I feel like if she goes down, I'm going down. Some transformer. And shit. she hasn't worked for the past week. I haven't left the house, <laughs> so I have another car. That's you're, how I you're got codependent. Here. For sure. Yeah, 100%. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely like open to dating. Um, I think mostly so like I have one of like the big things is like I have something to do on a night or a day where I don't have anything to do that doesn't involve like going out like to a like a dinner or drinking or like yeah. a, like something that's just like hanging out with a person. Because um, right now it's like I work out, I eat and I work. Yeah. And then like if I want to go see people, it's like I go to a restaurant or a bar or an art show. Art shows are great because it's free and you yeah. get to look at art. But like they're not that common. Like they're not it's not every night that I can be like, oh, you know. So me. so you're 22, right? So mm-hmm. dating apps have been around mm-hmm. for as long as you can remember. I just went on for the first time because of you. But how does how do your friends and people your age view dating apps? For me, like I was very anti why? Because I was just like, I met, I meet so... When, okay, when I was anti, I was working at a bar. Okay. Okay, I met 100 people every night. And I loved having an organic conversation and like a meeting. I downloaded it for the launch, quite literally. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, I, I, it was part of the way to get in. And I was like, and then I didn't like go on it. And then one day I was talking to, like, I started to realize that all my friends were on dating apps, even people that like... So, so- People your age still use them, and yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> people like people go on Riot to feel seen and like and like uh, feel like they like people think that they're attractive or cool mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, it's really just like to say, "Hey, we're on here." Like right. everyone yeah. just like likes each other. Um, I've met cool people from it, but like, I haven't like dated anyone from it, and I don't like. It's possible, but I don't think it would be like I'm not gonna go on the app and chat like, "Good morning." Love, right. like, how was your night? Like, <laughs> and then, and then, like, a bunch of people are on Hinge because of just the amount of people that are on there. I yeah. think um, I I have Raya and I have Hinge, and both like 
two months ago, like I would never, one, I wasn't on them or two, even if I was, I wouldn't admit it. But like, I just, I, I reached a point where like, I see everyone I know on them that I'm yeah. just like, it's kind of just like a new social media. And I think for, for a lot of people, it shows intent. Like it shows, like, I think a lot of people struggle with, especially in LA with like knowing whether or not someone's interested in them, like interested or whether or not they're just like pretend like doing that LA thing. Self-validation. Yeah. Where it's like not even self-validation, like the LA thing of like, we should hang out Mm. sometime. And then it's like, yeah, like that sounds so fun. (laughs) And then like you never see them again. Or the next time you see them, it goes from that conversation to like a wave to eventually like not even saying hi. And it's just like kind of this gross, you know, I don't even know what, I don't know why. It is very much a part of LA culture is like, we should grab drinks. We should yeah. hang out. And it, and it's kind of just like accepted. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When I lived in New York, like that was, I was, when I lived in New York, there was never a world in which I was ever going to be on a dating app. Cause you didn't need it. Mm-hmm. It's like, if someone said that they wanted to hang out with you or like spend time, it's like, they kind of meant it. Like right. if someone, if you got to that point in a conversation with someone, like you literally, that you're there for your friends yeah. because most of the people you didn't, and I think that's where I first learned how to like start being alone. Um, and then I got into a relationship shortly after that. And that kind of like I wasn't alone for a while. But now like I'll go like I went to last Friday. I went to a bar alone near me. I played pool for three hours. Really? That's awesome. Like dead alone. I'm talking about like dead alone. Not like and then I ran into someone later and whatever. But I was literally playing pool alone with a bunch of some guy bought me a pitcher of beer. I was like, he was like, I beat him in pool, and he was like, "You want a beer?" I was like, "Sure, I'll take a beer." Like, was this in West Hollywood by any chance? No, no. Okay. <laughs> he he was married, had a wife there, whatever. Don't matter. That doesn't matter. True, that's true. Uh, but what? he bought me a beer, and then he's like, "Here's a pitcher," and I was like, "Thanks." And he's like, "Hey, like, he's like, I'm married, but like, I hope you have a fun night." I was like, "Okay, thanks." Like, should I check this pitcher first, or? Um, dude? You should voice your entire movie by yourself, dude. I I'm definitely playing one of the characters. Yeah. One of the characters named Vincenzo, or Benicio. I haven't decided yet, but I will definitely be. Vincenzo. Wait, so Benicio. is that? I feel like is Benicio Italian? That's Spanish, right? Some sort of like. I feel like Benicio, I feel like, like he could be like maybe he's like half Italian, half Spanish. Okay, because Vincenzo, I feel like is more Italian, definitely, right? Definitely. And then, does it take place in New York? It does. Ooh, I'm getting excited about it. Yes. All right, that's all we. That's all we can say. Someone's already excited. writing this thing. Yeah, they don't the even know what it is. The song is gonna be uh, through the wire oh, if wow. I can get the rights. Which I can't. Kanye is now paying two hundred oh, a month in child support. Yeah. So fuck, I forgot about that. He's gonna need the money. He needs the money. Some money. Yeah, two hundred a month. Be like, oh, that movie's great, but the first song. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, long story short, being alone is a huge thing. Um, but I actually need someone who likes to be alone. I feel like mm-hmm. because I have no problems. I could spend time with someone I don't like for years. Like I could spend every second with a person, and it really not affect me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if someone that I was dating wanted to be together 24 seven. I wouldn't be like upset. It wouldn't really bother me. I like my alone time, but I can find my alone time. Like, it's not like I have to be alone. Yeah. You know what? Okay. Does that make any sense? It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So in dating, like I would want to date someone who likes to be alone Mm -hmm. because it kind of forces me to have like my actual alone time. You know? Would you be against dating someone in the industry and like an actress or? Like in theory, but like. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I mean. Like when after like my last relationship, like I talked to a bunch of people that were, you know, in my circle and they were all in the industry and 
it's hard, you know. It's like I kind of said after after the last one that I was like, I'm not gonna do this anymore. But like, you know, everyone in LA is is more or less doing it. Yeah. Like in some shape or form, whether it's their their roommate or their brother or their mother, father, they are doesn't matter. Someone's doing it. Yeah. And so like I don't want to cut out an entire population of people um just because it's like of one thing that yeah just because yeah. of a few bad eggs you know yeah. um and you can tell pretty early on like what type of industry person someone is like there's the like in la there's the like hey uh, like i'm an actor and here's me like watch me do this dance <laughs> you're like okay cool <laughs> uh moving on and then there's like the person that like fakes being like super grungy and that they don't care about acting but they're always the biggest working actors for sure and they're like yeah like yeah we just do cat and like smoke cigarettes <laughs> and then they were like in a you know marvel show or whatever <laughs> and then like there's like the honestly i feel like the best ones are either the people that have been in it for a very long time and have been through the phases or the people that uh like haven't worked mm. <laughs> like that's really what it is because like the the people that have been in it for a long time i'm sure you guys have met like they just kind of like they don't think of it as the coolest thing in the world mm -hmm. because it's not. They there's the there's job. some cool stuff about it for sure. You get to be on screen and people, you know, know your name and all this shit. But like that stuff's like not really that cool at the end of the day. Like, yeah, you're just doing a job and people appreciate you for it. Like, I think being an athlete's way cooler. It's it's funny. But how I can never do it. <laughs> athletes want to be rappers. Rappers want to be athletes. Yeah, and you know, then the actors they all want to be each other. Yeah, and I think you know now. The third addition to that is like, like actors want to be influencers and influencers want to be actors. Mm. Yeah. Well, like it's so much blended. It's so much gray right now. Yeah, but like every big influencer from like the Vine days is now in some movie. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's like a small Netflix film or like a big, you know, uh, Lily Rose Depp is in the is in the Weekend Show or the whatever is a movie. Logan Paul's in wrestling. And yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. That that's dope though. That's amazing. Uh, that's crazy. He's incredible. Yeah, uh, that dude's a crazy athlete. Yeah. I, I saw. I had no idea. I saw him do like incredible. a backflip off the. He's the one that fights people. No, it's his brother. Well, they he, both he, started, he fought Mayweather. So, oh. but I mean, Logan Paul when he started Vine, he was he's famous for doing his splits too, and yeah. he was like a champion wrestler in high school. Yeah, I and, forgot and, it. Yeah, he's that's an incredible right. athlete. Yeah, I and saw that. I was so shocked by the WWE thing. I think. Yeah. Him, Pat McAfee. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, wild. Um, but I think podcasting is a really cool new thing. I mean, do you guys like it? you guys enjoy it's it? It's so funny. Well, when we first started the company, we wanted to do like everything, right? Podcast and merch and yeah. the app itself. And we were we, we kind of delayed a lot of things. But then I was like, you know, let's just do the podcast, right? See how it goes. We practice yeah. in his house, just him and I on a screen, yeah. just conversating. And then we started doing them like this. And I would say like the third or fourth one in, we were like, oh, this is actually really fun. Yeah. And I actually enjoy it so much. And yeah. I think it's going really well. Yeah. I think the difference too is treating it just like a conversation versus like a show, like an interview show or yeah. like a, having like a, because at the beginning we we're thinking about having like a strict format. It's like, no, let's just have a conversation. So what, like, what's the discoverability for a podcast? Like how do people find it? Well, so basically you, you know, we, I think YouTube is still the best platform, but I think for podcasts, you have uh, iTunes or yeah, yeah. iTunes Podcast and Spotify, or whatever. whatever the networks are, yeah. which is great. So we put it on all those, but I think YouTube is like eventually what we want to grow it on. So mm -hmm. put it on YouTube and then clip it onto, you know, TikTok, Instagram and try Got to it. get eyeballs to YouTube. Got it. So, so there, there essentially isn't that much discoverability. Like if you were to just post it. Yeah. I mean, 
it's just you know, me like trying to calculate how I'm gonna start a podcast. I'm like, no, it, it's interesting though, right? And I I'll think, go on with you guys anytime. This what? shit's so fun. Yeah, like, I so always do a podcast, and well, you sound like you got a million stories. So yeah, and it's crazy because we've blown through the time limit in a, the best way possible. Yeah, but yeah, we try and get people on who are interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So then, like, we combine our audiences, and then we grow a little bit organically. Yeah. And I think we see that through the platforms we're on. But also, you know, I always think the business mind, right? Mm-hmm. So at some point, this is going to be at least growing somewhat. Yeah. Where, say, iHeartRadio or Spotify, it's a conversation, right? Like, yeah. obviously, we're not going to be a Joe Rogan. Yeah. Right? No way. Yeah. But you have a lot of podcasts, Mean Girl Pod, Call Her Daddy Started Small, yeah. where it's like they can come to us and be like, okay, you guys definitely have the personalities. Yeah. Now let's bring you to the next level. Yeah. And that's what I see, right? Yeah. And you just never know. Literally just never know. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. yeah, if you guys ever get to the point where Bobby Lee's coming, who's um, Bobby Lee? Bobby Lee is the funniest comedian. He's the funniest podcast. You know who we got? So this is it, it's so funny. So on my personal Instagram, someone liked one of my stories, mm-hmm. and they had a blue check, right? So it's like, oh, who's this? Yeah, and it was the guy from Dodgeball, Chris Williams. No way, right? So for me, Dodgeball is a huge movie. Yeah, I know Blazer. You know, Bobby Blazer. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Blazer's the boy. So, so. <laughs> I'm very much shoot my shot. Like, I really don't care. Yeah. So right away, I DM him like, yo, thanks for the like. Do you want to be on my podcast? That's all I said to him, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Where and when? Sick. Have you guys, did you do it yet? Monday, Monday. he's on. Yeah. We may be getting uh, Trevor Wallace too. You know Trevor? Yeah. But so like people, uh, that's what we're talking about on the way in. People just want to do podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's it's awesome because we're actually getting cool people on, not just You know, yeah, so like we got people. some Joe met somebody uh, named Natasha who does PR and mm-hmm. someone she's friends with this guy Neil, mm-hmm. a comedian Neil Nanda. Mm-hmm. It, it was incredible. We had a great time, such a good yeah. conversation. And then we sponsored um, a comedy show on Saturday that they that he was in and Trevor was in. He's like, yeah, I could get you Trevor on the podcast. So sometimes it's not as easy as that, but like one thing could easily lead yeah. to the next thing. So yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm whenever you guys need me. Oh, and we'll bring him for the Bobby episode for sure. Dude, I'm I'm ready. He's you. Go, you have to listen to his podcast. Oh, I know Bobby. Yeah. I know oh, Bobby. yeah. So you have to listen. So Steve's the one who knows the podcast people and the comedians, and then yeah. kind of briefs me a little bit on the way I've I, I listen to podcasts enough that I started talking like him. Like, <laughs> so he does this thing where he yeah he does this thing where he's like he'll say something and he's like you know what I mean like but he'll say something that they're like no one really knows what I mean. <laughs> like, but and and the, I'll find myself doing it in conversation because I'm such like a. Like I'm, I, I like, rep- like I can memorize things really easily. And like, I listen to people and I start like acting or like moving the like them, whatever. And, stuff, yeah. and he's just, I mean, his sense of humor is just so good. How big is he? Maybe we'll reach he's, out. He's, he's, he's very he's big. big yeah. He's from Mad TV and he was in Harold and Kumar. Okay. And like, been on Rogan he's a big, a he was an actor. Yeah, who's, who's the guy that you know that, that would he, would Jonathan know him? Who's that, that you just connected with? From where? Uh, the game. How many guys have you communicated? The game. The fitness guy you just worked out. Oh, nah, probably not. No. Owen Cook. I don't know if you need he's, he's a personal development coach. Hmm. Yeah. No, I don't. But I would, I mean, I love a personal development coach. Yeah. I just need to be developed personally. <laughs> what about Jay Shetty? Do you know who that is? Jay Shetty? No. Yeah, see, it's funny. I'm bad. I don't know people, though. Like, I don't no, know. I don't names. know. I just people. know Bobby Lee. <laughs> That's the only name I know. You know see, what I mean? He's like, Jay <laughs> Shetty is the kind of, is like my, if I could be one person, it'd be him. So he, he is just the perfect self help. Hmm. Self-help coach, kind of uh, life coach, but just the most genuine. 
down to earth, coolest guy. Mm. And he gets all big celebrities on his show now. Like, oh, he has a podcast. Yeah, he's a podcast. Yeah, he's he's huge. But mm-hmm. check him out. Like, he's my okay. dream person. Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you get your shirt? I don't know. I think it's Guess. It's a nice, it's a nice cut. <laughs> what is it? Polo. Polo. Ralph Lauren. You like it? Yeah, it's a nice cut. All right, we should probably wrap because we... Uh, yeah, we could talk all yeah. day. Yeah, someone's probably outside and like, what the fuck is going on in there? Probably. No, um, this is great, man. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, I appreciate where it. Where can definitely... find you? What are you working on quickly? Um, where can... You can find me on Instagram, um, Jonathan Height, uh, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-H-E-I-T, or Height Gallery, H-E-I-T Gallery, G-A-L-L-E-R-Y.com. What? There's no <laughs> .com in the name. At. Um, and then, or my website, HeightGallery.com. Um, but I'm sure if it's linked somewhere, we can link it or something. Yeah, like we'll that. put it in the show notes. And uh, yeah, just just stay tuned. I'm gonna do a couple shows uh, with the art gallery soon, um, and maybe you know, maybe just start a podcast with you guys. That'd be awesome. That'd be and we got the second big... rounds on me. <laughs> and the big movie's coming out. New York uh, uh, animation. Something. Yeah, it's called On the Wire. Okay, that's the title. Is but it? I won't give you anything else. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like barely even developed, but it's going to, it's going to happen. I don't, I have no doubt in it for sure. No, it's definitely going to happen. It's too good. It's too good not to. Awesome. I got a Sandler movie I'm trying to pitch. So I've been trying to pitch it for two years. So we'll, we'll go to the meeting wearing a polo and like basketball shorts to your ankles and you'll, you'll be set. Yeah. That (laughs) meme. Do you ever see the meme when it's like uh, me waiting for my mom to pick me up after basketball practice? And it's him. Yeah. It's so Yeah. Literally. He's, he really can ball though. He plays at Brentwood all the time. This dude is no joke. Yeah. 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 We got to go. We'll, we'll pull up on him. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. All right, right, Jonathan, thank you so much. Do you do like any sort of outro? Yeah. Now we do. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks, man.